want to thank you again for the privilege we have to study your word tonight. We trust you that you will teach us by your spirit and that you will grant us mercy by opening our ears and giving us understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, we are looking at what is fit. What is fit? And our study plan today is to look at the importance of faith, to remind ourselves of these things we know. Uh, then we talk about what faith is. And then we talk about how faith comes. Then we talk about the actions that correspond to faith, the things that reveal that you are walking in faith so that you are sure that what you are doing is actually faith and not presumption. Because a lot of people walk in presumption and there's not faith. A lot of people also walk in mental accent, which looks like faith, talks like faith, but it's actually not faith. So we need to look into all of that so that we can differentiate and make sure that we are walking properly in faith. Now, the importance of faith, since the only way we access the new life and all the blessings of God in Christ is by faith in Christ alone, Romans 5, 2, because of our faith, because of our faith, because of our faith. You need to underline that because of our faith, not because of anything else. Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Because of our faith, we have access to all the privileges of grace, undeserved privileges that we now enjoy only because of our faith. So you can see how important faith is. Uh, the new, in the New Testament, righteousness is of faith. The New Testament righteousness is based on faith in Christ alone. When people hear this, they think, oh, are you saying I can do what I like? No. If you have faith in Christ, you can't live in sin, period. You can't live in sin. It's not going to happen because the life of Christ begins to manifest in your life. So we're not talking about freedom to do what you like. It is uh, when we don't understand that, we, we think, oh, it's freedom. No, it's not. It's not. And remember that without faith, it's impossible to please God. You cannot live the righteous life that God requires of you without faith. It's impossible. Absolutely impossible. So you see, you need faith to live the righteous life that pleases God. So that's why the New, the new Testament uh, righteousness comes from faith. Our righteousness comes from what Christ did for us on the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and what he's doing right now as our great high priest. All these things assure us of continuous work in righteousness and acceptance in righteousness because of what Christ did. And remember now we said before that because of faith, we come into all these un, uh, uh, privileges we don't deserve. So righteousness is what is conferred on you when you believe in Christ. Righteous life is what you live by faith because without faith, you can't please God. You can't live a righteous life. Because the life you live is not you. It's no longer I that live it. It's Christ. And Paul said the way you live it 
is by faith in Christ alone. So it's through his work we were counted righteous, created righteous by his death, by his resurrection. We died with him, we rose with him, so that, that afforded us the privilege of being rising, of rising in newness of life. And by his blood, our sins are washed away. So now it's by his death we are created righteous, new creatures in Christ Jesus. And then we rose up really, really righteous. And then by faith in him, we live our lives, righteous lives. So there is nothing to boast about. We have nothing at all to boast, to credit ourselves. All our boast is in the Lord alone. All our boast is in the Lord alone. If you remember what we said before, that when Abraham discovered the righteousness of faith, because there was nothing he could boast on. Because if Abraham got righteous by what he did, then he has something to boast before God about. But the Bible says he that boasts, he should only boast in the Lord because it's what the Lord does that made us righteous, keeps us righteous, helps us live lives righteous until we see him in glory. Without him, we can do nothing, absolutely nothing. So we depend on him, solely on him, to live a righteous life. So you see that it, our faith in him is very, that's faith that really produces righteousness. It's the same faith that made us Righteous, Romans 4, 5. But people are counted as righteous. Listen to Bible. Romans 4, 5. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work. Because if it's because of your work, then you can boast, and then you can do without Christ. You can do without Jesus. Then you bring your own works, which God called filthy rag. There is nothing a man does that is perfect. Only what God does is perfect. So when we bring our imperfect work, we can't be counted righteous with imperfect work. So he said, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. That's how we are counted righteous, because of the blood that washed our sins away, because we are created new in Christ, we become new creatures that are righteous, and because the Spirit of Christ works in us, producing the life of Christ that is pure, and that's how we can live this righteous life. So people are counted as righteous not because of their own work, but because of God's own work. God's own work in Christ that is given to us as an act of grace, that is, that is uh, credited to us as an act of grace. Now let's all look at the shadow. You know the Old Testament, the Bible called the shadow, which means we look at it to be able to understand what we're talking about in the New Testament. When Abraham discovered this, other people also walked in faith because there was no law at the time. This was before Moses. There was no law at the time, but they pleased God. And the Bible had said, without faith you can't please God. But they pleased God, which means they really, really believed and trusted in God. So in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. His faith manifested in the, the, what he gave to God that honored God. What he gave to God honored God that he was God. God says, we insult him sometimes, but what we give him, he said, we want to give me something, give it to your leaders and see if that is respectful enough. 
And so we give these things that are, are insulting to God. But the, the Bible says his, his gift honored God. He honored God because he gave God that God is God. It honored God. He really, and I understand there's blood involved in it because it was an animal. But he honored God. He really, and God counted it as righteous for him. God testifying of his gifts. And through it, he being dead still speaks. Verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. Look at these people. Look at these people. And was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. How did he please God? Verse 6 tells us. Verse 6 tells us. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. So he's telling us, Enoch lived a life of faith that pleased God and God took him alive. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Verse 7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the serving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir. A heir is something you heard. He became a heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Righteousness according to faith. His faith was counted to him as righteous. He could have said, I'm not doing anything. I, I, what, what kind of rain is this? What kind, what's going to happen? Nothing is going to happen. Even as some people behave today. Some people behave today. So but this man believed God. He believed what God told him. And the Bible says he became a heir of righteousness of faith. So without living in faith, it is impossible, totally impossible to please God. So our righteousness is of God, like we've been saying. Isaiah 45, 23, I have sworn by my own name. I have spoken the truth. I will never go back on my word. This is God talking. Every knee will bend to me. Every tongue will confess allegiance to me. The people will declare the Lord is the source of all my righteousness and strength. The Lord is the source of all, not some, all my righteousness and strength. So that I cannot boast of anything. Because the Lord is the source of it all. The life that flows in me is the vine that flows through me. He is the source of all my righteous acts. He is the source of all my new nature. He made me new nature and gave me his own life. He is the source of all my righteousness and strength. And we sing it, uh, when the song we sing, uh, Jesus only is our, uh, is our message. We sing all our righteousness he gives us. All of it he gives us. And all who were angry with him, we come to him and be ashamed. Anybody who will not accept this and angry and say, oh, no, 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 I can produce my own righteousness, will be ashamed. And in the Lord, all the generation of Israel will be justified. We are going to be justified only through Christ. And in him, they will boast. In him, we will boast, not in ourselves. And Paul understood this very well. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with this because a lot of people are still confused about this thing. And if you don't accept the righteousness of faith, you, fall, you, you will not live a life that pleases God. You will not. You'll be another Pharisee. Just another Pharisee. So, if Paul understood this very well. In Philippians 3, 6, 
He said, I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, look at the way he thought righteousness would come. As for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. That is what he did. He could boast about that without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, as many still think today. Many still think today. They think Christianity is a code of conduct. And they, they, they think they, have, they, they've, they can do it. After I've been a Christian, I know what I'm doing. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless. Why? Because of what Christ has done, through which I have been made righteous. Because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him, reunited with him, joined to him, see myself in him, so that his life flows now through me. The, the righteousness of my life is no more by my work, it's by his work. It's by what he's doing. He is divine. He's flowing through me. I'm attached to him. He's flowing through me. He's the source of the of river, that living river, living water that is flowing through me. You know, he said, and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. A Christian should understand this. Because if you do this, what Paul said is garbage is what you are depending on. You are depending on garbage. But because people don't understand the righteousness of faith, they all rush to this righteousness of what they have done. And sometimes when they even pray, they accuse God of not recognizing everything they've done. So after all, I'm doing for you. After all, so they present all those things as basis for something that is purely unmerited. And that's why we fail. That's why we fail. Because we bring garbage. It's a garbage life. That's why I'm spending time on this. I became righteous through faith in Christ. A heir of the righteousness of faith. In the New Testament, your righteousness is of God. Righteousness has always been of God. Has always been of God. God swore a man cannot produce righteousness. Just forget it. It's beyond you and me. Totally beyond us. Only God. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. That's how Paul concluded this. this and remember that there is no victory without faith. The Bible said that the, uh, faith is our victory. Who is it that overcometh this world? But he that believed that Jesus is the son of God. And this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith. That's what the scripture says. And then without faith, there is no shield of faith that quenches all the fiery that that the enemy throws at us. I am so surprised how Christians face the enemy and they are talking to God. It shows we don't understand that that faith is your shield. When corona comes and this comes, they, they are calling God, talking to God. You should rebuke the spirit of, of corona. You should fight it with your faith. You should resist it. It's evil. You should, God has equipped you to resist it. 
He's giving you all things that pertain to life and godliness. You should resist sickness. You should rebuke the devil. You should call it by name and cast it out of your house, out of your life. You should do that. So our faith is our victory. And so now having mentioned some of the importance of faith, let's talk of, and remember on faith we stand. I didn't even go to that. On faith we stand. So if your faith is compromised, you are falling. It's by faith we stand. It's by faith we stand. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, we stand by faith. Now what is faith? Let me read about three scriptures so we can distill from these three scriptures what faith is. In Hebrew 11 verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There are two things that stand out here. Substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. Now when you read the first one, it's a substance, something that exists. It's not an abstract. It's a substance. It's not an abstract. Faith is not dealing with abstract things. Faith is dealing with things that are real. Things that exist. It's a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And once you begin to talk of things not seen by the physical eye, then you are talking of the spiritual realm. Because the physical eye does not see the spiritual realm. You are talking of the kingdom of God and what God is doing because God is a spirit. God is a spirit. He does all his things by the spirit. That's why he communicates and deals with our spirit, not with our flesh. And when we don't know this, we think we can locate God by our flesh, by our feelings, goose pimples. But God is a spirit. He doesn't deal with the flesh. You can have goose pimples all you want to, but sometimes that may not really be God. You don't locate God by carnal things. God is not carnal. God is a spirit. That's why the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're spiritual. His word is spirit. And Paul said, I serve God by my spirit. And Jesus said, God wants us to worship him in spirit. In spirit. So what God is doing is spiritual activities that produces the things that is finally seen. For the things that we see are made by the things that are not seen. So they are, they are done, they, these things are made, first of all, in the spirit realm because God is a spirit. So he walks in. God can extend hand and come in the natural and begin to heal your body and you are watching it happen like that. But he does it and then tells you, I've done it. I've done it. I've finished this thing. Because the things you see were made by the things you do not see. So it's evidence of things not seen because we are talking of the spiritual realm. So searching for it by feeling, looking for it by this, is waste of time. You can't see it by your natural eye. You can't feel it. You can't. You can't. Some will say, oh, I sense God. You can sense. Maybe sometimes God is doing things you don't even sense it. You don't even sense it. When you got born again, what feeling did you have? Did you have good goose pimple? Did you sense anything? But God created you new. Gave you a new spirit. Did a marvelous work of creation in you. But you felt nothing. God works in our lives all the time. And we don't even feel it. Something God saves you from a tragic accident. You didn't even feel anything before the time. Before it happened. But you saw finally the faithfulness of God. The battle had been finished even before you got into, into that situation. So... It's, it says, substance of things hoped for, 
Evidence of things not seen. And then, this is King James Version. New century version says, faith means being sure of the things we hope for and knowing that something is real even if we do not see it. It's real. It's not an abstract. It's a substance. Even if we do not see it, it's real. And if we can't see it, it's because it's of spiritual nature. Hebrew 11.1. One. I'm reading Amplified. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their, their reality. Faith perceiving as real, real fact, what is not revealed to the senses. Senses includes your feeling. It's not revealed to your feeling. So you don't, you don't catch it by your feeling. It's like, Pastor, I'm feeling it now. It's not revealed to your senses. Your eye, your, sense, your smell, your feeling, goose pimple. It's not revealed to them. You can't detect it by that. Might finally have goose pimples and, and feelings, and, but that does, it does, you don't detect it by that. If we can win ourselves from trying to locate God by, by what is not revealed to senses, then we're good to go. We can work with God better. It's not revealed to senses. So why should I use my senses to try to say, oh, I now know God is working. So when I don't have senses, I don't feel goose pimple, I feel God is not working. I say nothing is not working. Because I'm not having good. But the things we are talking about, it's not revealed to your senses. It's not revealed to your senses. Capital. Senses. All your natural senses, not revealed to them. Feeling, eyes, smelling, whatever. It's not revealed to them. So you can only know it by your spirit. So now if we distill now the, the, what faith is, we can only say that faith is Faith believes in the existence of things not seen. Not revealed to the senses. Existence of things not seen. But not revealed to the senses. The only way. The only way we can relate with the spiritual world now is through faith. The only way you can relate to the God that you don't see. That is not revealed to your senses. It's only through faith. There's no other way you can relate to the world you don't see except through faith. That's why without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't relate to God by any other way and, and walk with him by any other way except through faith. Through faith. When we pray, we are looking for things revealed to our senses. We are waiting to shake and move before we think God has now moved. We miss it. Totally miss it. We're employing what has no ability to see and know what God is doing. So the only way we can relate with the unseen world, relate with the Father of Spirits, God Almighty, relate with Jesus Christ, who is no more flesh now. He has become spirit. That's why he could enter a building where all doors are locked. In the days, the Hebrew talks of in the days of his flesh, when he was man, he, 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 he put away everything that made him God. So he wasn't entering a house when all doors were locked. He ate with them, slept with them, cried, died. But now he's not a man. Now he's full back to his glory that is God. So he's in his spirit. So the only way you can relate with Christ and everything he did was a spiritual thing. 
is by faith. The only way we can relate with the unseen is by faith. You can't relate with the unseen with your senses. If you try, it's impossible. Your senses can't locate them. Can't locate it. Doesn't know what it's talking about. Only by faith you can believe in what is not revealed to the senses that it is real. And then you can begin to walk with God, agreeing with him. Now, let's begin to differentiate between hope and faith. What is hope? Romans 8.24 We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. If you already have something, you don't hope for it. Now, I want to differentiate it because the scripture says that faith is substance of things hoped for. Hoped for. And now, some people now think that it means you wait, you are hoping for it to be done. The Bible says no. Not, that, the hope of faith is not for God to do it. Because if we already have something, if we already receive something from God, the scripture says we don't need to hope for it. We don't have to. So by the hope that the scripture is using about faith, that substance, which is already something we have received, and you hope for it, is to expect it to manifest. 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 It's real. You ordered something. It's in stock. It's real. You expect it to come. Because you ordered it already. You don't call the manufacturers and say, I need you to make this for me. Because it's already done. If, if you ordered it, if you got it, it's coming. You ordered it, it's real. You have hope it's coming. That hope is not, it's not the same that this Roman 8.24 is talking about. It says, if we already have something, you, it's yours now. You ordered it, you paid, the deal is done. The work is finished. You sit back and relax. And then they bring it to your door. And then ring your bell. You're expecting it. But you are not, that hope is simple expectation of what has been produced in the factory for you. All this work is finished by God. So you go by faith and say, this is mine. And if you don't see it, you relax because it will show forth. It will manifest. It's coming forth. You don't call God and say, you need to manufacture healing again. Oh, you need to manufacture this again. It, but that means you don't believe that that thing is, is a substance already. You don't have an assurance that it really be, it exists. Again, like the same way I said, you don't call a company and say, you know, I ordered a camera. Can you people now begin to manufacture it? I've not seen it. They say, we've done that. We finished it. It's on the way. So the hope of faith is not the hope that says it's not done. It's the hope that says, I'm expecting it. So it's a substance of things I'm expecting. Things that are real things that exist. It's not revealed to my senses, but I know they're there and I know it's mine and I'm expecting it to manifest because it's mine. That's the substance of things hoped for. Now when you talk of hope, you're talking about future. For instance, this hope we received, the Bible is talking about the hope we received. It's about the, the final, the things that will happen when Christ comes. The Bible talks about the final salvation. That's when we escape this world of sin. When he gives us our new body, so that this same, the body of sin we, we, that has been causing us trouble, we, the Bible says we've grown in this body. He gives us the sinless spiritual body that he promised us. Then we have escaped 
We have now free salvation from these things and this sinful world. That's why the Bible talks about the, fun, uh, the, the salvation we had. Our spirit is born again. We are saved. We are saved. Fat, complete done. But remember, your flesh is still here. So when Jesus comes, he gives us the new body. Then, then the Bible says, then we can say, death, where is that thing? So that's the hope of his coming. The glory we are going to experience. We receive this hope the day we got saved. But that's not the same hope that the Spirit of God is using in, in Hebrew to say that faith is substance of things hoped for. It's not something in the future because already it's manufactured and it's yours already. You expect it to happen. So all you do is give thanks. All you do is give thanks. You don't call God and say, I've not seen him. Abraham never called God and said, why is Isaac? I've not seen him. The Bible says he kept on thanking God because once God said it, once God said it, it's done. And so, how does faith come? Since faith is about things unseen, spirit world, about what God does, about what God does, which we believe, what God does for us through Christ. So how does it come? The Bible tells us, we quote this scripture, Romans 10, 17. Virtually every Christian can quote it of faith. But let's, let's read it though to remind ourselves. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ because it's in Christ that God completed the work for us. It's through Jesus that the benefits of grace come. He brought us grace. It's through Jesus we have connection to God. So, faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. But I ask, have the people of Israel actually had the message? Now, I'm asking a serious question. Have they had it? Yes, they have. The message has gone throughout the earth and the world to all the world. But I ask, did the people of Israel really understand it? Did they hear? Did they understand it? Church. Does the church, has the church had? And have we understood it? The message of Christ? Because the scripture says, he that has ear to hear, let him hear. Which means not everybody hears. And so not everybody understands. Not everybody that sits in church pews understands the gospel. Not everybody even is interested in hearing the understanding the gospel. Revelation 39. If a man have any ear, let him hear. Let him hear. Let him hear. And not everybody is interested in hearing. Some people come to church to fulfill our righteousness. Some come to church it's tra tradition. They're not seeking the truth. They're not seeking. They're not interested in it. They're waiting for a man of God that will, they will come and pray for them. They're not interested in developing their spiritual life, developing their faith. They're not interested. Not everybody is interested. Not everybody has ear. This ear is being interested to hear, wanting to hear, wanting to know. And that produces giving attention. 1 Corinthians 2.12 Giving attention. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. 
which things also we speak. Not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Spirit teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. So the Holy Spirit teaches it. The Holy Spirit teaches it because this is not, they are not carnal information. They are not what human beings teach as such. A human being can teach it, but it's the Holy Spirit that speaks and uses the person. And it's the Holy Spirit that reveals it to you. But we have to have, give attention to what he's saying. If you are a teacher and you are teaching a bunch of students and they are making noise, they are not listening, you have to stop and make sure they are giving attention. When we are not giving attention because of a lot of things that we are doing in the world and a lot of time, we watch television, hours, we watch games, hours. We really don't have time for God. Not too much time for God. We give God leftover just to fulfill our righteousness. Now, when we are living that kind of lifestyle, we may not be able to give God the attention he deserves. So to have here is to give attention to what the Holy Spirit is teaching you and revealing to you. For instance, many churches, people don't attend Bible studies. I'm talking of so-called Christians, Christian churches. Bible studies attendance is the lowest in many churches. The lowest in many churches. The lowest. And people are comfortable with it because they really don't care. They don't want to hear they are doing rituals. That's okay for them. You see, what you, what you have never tasted, you won't miss it. You won't miss it at all. But you don't know what you are losing. First Corinthians 2.12. Now, when we have, sorry, Luke chapter 8, verse 18. So pay attention to how you hear. Got to pay attention. Got to pay attention. Your ear is, give it attention. If you have yet to hear, if you have ability to give it attention, then you can hear with, with the inner, with the spiritual ears. But you have to give it attention first. So pay attention to what you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, not those who come to church and sit and dance, those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given them. They will hear more. But for those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. Pretty soon you go dry. Proverbs 4.20 My son, attend to my words. Listen. Incline their ears unto my sayings. Make it a priority. Incline their ears. Is put it number one. Seek the kingdom of God first. Don't treat the things of God as, as secondary don't give God what a leftover. You will lose big time. Oh, you will lose a lot. If you dishonor him, you will see dishonor. You have to make his word primary in your life. Because every other thing comes out of that. Every other thing. Seek you first the kingdom of God. God says, then I'll add everything to you. All these things, you, it will come to you by the power of his spirit. It will overtake you. By his guidance and the, and the manifestations of his spirit. The anointing of his spirit. You will get things done in your life that you couldn't have done by any ability or intelligence of yours. But when you put things, God, things secondary and have a lot of time, things for other things. Socializing all over the place. That's what you get. We can only preach. We just can only preach. So my son, attend to my words, incline thy ear 
unto my sin. Let them not depart from thy eye. Keep them in the midst of thy heart for their life unto those that find them. Transforms your life and hell to all their flesh. Second Peter 1.19 Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote. See the thing? Pay close attention to scripture. For their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place. You don't get it the first day, my brothers and sisters. You don't. Oh, you don't. When you want to get it, you listen to these teachings over and over and over, study your scriptures over and over and over, put it in your car as you are going to your work, listen to it, listen to it over and over. The day we break through, you don't need me to tell you, you will know it. You will know that something has broken through into your life. You don't need anybody to tell you. And what that breakthrough will produce in your life will amaze you. It will amaze you what power is in that world. It will amaze you what power, what abilities in that world that broke through into your heart. And what that world can do. The Bible says it's powerful. It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It's a word that creates. It's a word that, the Bible says, that voice, it breaks down Lebanon's um, trees, all you know, these big trees of Lebanon. He said it breaks it down. The mountains saw God and run. Mountains run when the world breaks down and the world comes in. Mountains in your life, they quake. Because God has brought the word. Deliverance comes. Healing comes. Prosperity. A lot of things come with it. God said to Joshua, Hey, you see this my word? Give it attention. When you do, you prosper in everything you do. But we don't think it's true because we don't believe it. So we run with human wisdom and live not where God would want us to be. But where we have put ourselves. For you must pay close attention to what they wrote. For their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the dead dawns and Christ the morning star shines in your heart. Above all, must realize that no prophecy in scripture ever came from prophets own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they wrote from God. The Bible is the only book that God wrote. And we need to have, we're talking about how faith comes. The attitude that allows this word to be revealed to us. We must have ears to hear. We must give it attention. If we are not giving it attention, it stops. Then we can be running around with our religious ideas and doing all this uh, ritualistic stuff. Then a teachable, humble attitude is important. James 1, 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. Receive it with meekness. A meek heart is a heart that is teachable. Easily entreated. Easily entreated. He hears, he wants to respond. A meek heart is easy to instruct. It's no resistance. There is no pride in it. It is with meekness that the word of God can be planted in our heart. And they say with that meekness, verse 22, but be doers of the word. Meekness makes us do. Hearing and not being interested in doing is waste of time. It's just waste of time. And that's why a lot of people don't understand the scriptures. Because we hear it up. Oh, that someone was good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. But we, we have no intention of obeying it. We have no intention of listening to it at all. We just have no intention. Because we don't see the value in our lives. 
We are good. We have our plans made out. You know, how I run your life. That's okay. But let me remind us, we are not here forever. We are not here forever. If you go to heaven and find what you missed because you didn't listen to God. Our lives could be a lot better, you know. So we search the scripture daily. Acts 17, 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and search the scripture daily. So it's not a casual thing. Whether those things were so. Proverbs 2, 4. If thou seekest her as silver and searched for her as for hid treasure. See how the, the revelation comes, how the Holy Spirit will teach you. God said, look, my, my treasures, I don't give it to pigs who trample upon it. They have no value for my treasures. I don't do you, you, you don't even do that yourself either. So Proverbs 2, for if thou seeketh her as silver and searched for her as for hid treasures, then shall thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. There has to be a seeking like you search for dollar. You search for dollar. Why daily? Luke chapter 10, 20, 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful, troubled about many things, just like we do today. 42. But one thing is needful, because out of that one thing, other things will come. And Mary had chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. What did she choose? She chose to go and sit at the feet of Jesus to hear the word of God. And Jesus said, that is what will make her life what it should be. And then because it's a revelation of God, we pray. We pray for God to open our eyes. And this prayer I recommend daily. Ephesians 5.16 Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. You see, God gives the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It comes from God. 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened now that you may now know what is the hope of this calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in this sense are. The riches of glory is all the benefits of grace that Christ has brought us. The scriptures say, if we seek, we find. He that seek it, find it. In Luke chapter 24, verse 44, and he said unto them, these are the words which I spoke unto you while I was I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Then 45 is what comes. If you follow this, these things, if you are meek, if you really desire, if you pray and say God, and then you really study, then 45, as 45 will be your experience. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scripture. Then he will open your understanding. So you see this into the spirit world and have an, a knowledge of things that are not revealed to the senses that they exist. You begin to see the new man that is real. Ah, you see that you are, I'm not talking about seeing vision by seeing a visual, no, no. But you have this understanding that this is true, this is who you are. You begin to see the new man that you are. You begin to see the new work, the, 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 the work that God did in your life. You begin to see your, your blessings that are all yours right there. The inheritance you have with Christ, the privileges you have, they are revealed to you. And once they are revealed to you, then you can believe them. That's how faith comes. Then once you believe them, it's still working in your life. 
But you see, if we are not interested, we're exposing ourselves to demonic forces. Look at um, um, 2 Thessalonians 2.10. This is what happens to people when they are not interested in the truth. The devil will give them lies. Second Thessalonians, Thessalonians 2 him. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that will save them. They refuse to love it and accept it. They have no time for it. So the devil fears sin for them. And then if we are not learning, we remain ignorant and remain spiritual babies. Second Timothy 3, 7. Ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is what happens to Christians who just come casually, study Bible to fulfill all righteousness. You know, I have done my quiet time. Go to fellowship, go to churches, just hang out there. And the ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth because there's no love of the truth in their hearts. You know you can love religion. You can love religious gatherings and you don't love the truth. You may not be seeking the truth. But you can go to all fellowships in town because you love religion. Religion is, is easy. It's easy. Anybody can love religion. Can pray up a storm all you want to. But to love the truth is a different ballgame. That's what he's talking about here. In Matthew 13, 15, he's talking about people who don't love the truth. For these people's heart is what waxed gross, and their ears are dulled of hearing. See, they don't, have, they don't give me attention. And their eyes, they have closed. Lest at any time they will see with their eyes and hear with their ears and shall understand with their heart and shall be converted and I will heal them. They don't know that healing and all these things coming from what I'm telling them. So they, they, they are, their heart is closed to it. They, they, they don't see the importance of what God is saying. And Jesus saying, see, they, they can't hear. They can't hear. And then talk of uh, remaining spiritual babies. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11. Paul was so frustrated by this. Hebrews 5 11. Of whom we have many things to say and had to be unaltered. Seeing you are dull of hearing. He's talking to Christians. You are dull of hearing. Can you give me a new living translation in that verse 11? You are dull of hearing. You are dull of hearing. He's talking to believers. There's much more we would like to say about this. But it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. He's talking to Christians who come to church. Spiritually dull, they don't listen. In church, they're, they're, they're playing games. and you know, Parents buy games for their children in church. So how much spiritual interest do you think those parents have? It's a tragedy, I'm telling you. Verse 12. Hebrews 5, verse 12. I'm reading, continuing what Hebrews 5, verse 12. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again. Quit be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Verse 13. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he's a babe. Doesn't know the word. is a babe. And let me ask you, have you seen a, a baby that bears fruit, that has children? You need to mature to bear fruit. 
a tree matures before it bears fruit. The, the tree doesn't bear fruit when it's a shrub and coming up. Babies don't bear much fruit. The fruit of, 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 of the spirit is not showing in baby Christians. Because they are ignorant. Their faith is fickle. Very emotional. Extremely emotional people, like babies. And they, you know, they're excited by emotions. Ch children are excited by colors and things. Baby Christians are also go to senses. They depend on senses, feeling, feeling and feeling and feeling. This is what happens when we are not interested in listening to God. We don't have faith that is strong, that resists anything. So whatever comes, you start looking for your pastor. Where you're supposed to, you're supposed to be matured now. You're supposed to be adult now. Do what adults do. Stand and fight it out. Second Timothy 3 7. I mean, um, so I read Second Timothy 3 7. Look at Acts 28 25. Paul repeated the scripture here. And when they agreed not among themselves, these people were arguing with Paul. They think they know. <laughs> these people thought they knew. They departed after. That Paul has spoken one word, where well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers. He quoted exactly what Jesus quoted, saying, Go unto these people and say, Hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, seeing you shall see and not perceive. For the heart of these people is washed cross, their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. So faith commit by hearing. But for us to hear, we must give attention. We must be humble and meek enough to, to say, yeah, speak for that servant, hear it. And then with this humble attitude, God can now begin to talk to us because he's bearing fruit. Because what he's saying, we are listening. So we have to pay attention for, to what God is saying because faith comes by hearing. And we need to search the scriptures daily. Very important to search the scriptures and pray that God will open our eyes of understanding so that by doing that, like we read in the scripture, Jesus opened their eyes so they now understood what the scripture is saying. That would be our portion. Then faith will come and faith will grow in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for reminding us what we really know. But very important. For without faith, we can't please you. It's not going to happen. We can't relate with the spirit world by our senses. Things not revealed to them, they, we can't relate. It has to be by faith. And so, Lord, I pray that you help us to hear you, to seek to hear you, to love your word, to give time to your word, to pray about it. For this word brings us life, healing, prosperity, everything you package for us comes from this word of grace that Paul said, I commend you to God and the words of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you your inheritance. It builds us up in character, builds us up to live the spirit life, to live the righteous life that Christ gave us. He gives us all our blessings in Christ Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you help us to understand these things so that our joy will be full. You said to us, these things I speak to you so your joy will be full. Father, so that our joy will be full. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, 
I want to pray over there. 